one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are taking my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender. Just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. This is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. Joining me is Zach Barletta. You can find us on Twitter, at BTG Program. If you're a regular listener, you already know that. If you're joining us for the first time, we thank you. We hope you do enjoy the show. You can find out more information about what we're about. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, and you can listen to previous broadcasts right there. Once again, that's btgprogram.com. I want to thank you for joining us. It's good to be back live in studio. Even though you're not hearing us live, I am indeed saying this as I'm speaking. So this is a live (laughs) spoken word to me. Last week, of course, we did a last kind of change of plans at the last second. In fact, we had a wedding. My daughter got married this past Saturday. So knowing that we were doing that, Zach and I moved our regular broadcast day up or excuse me our recording day up when we record the show a day earlier to we normally do it on thursdays we do did it on wednesdays and i've never gotten this sick in my entire life and i was so freaking out that i was going to be sick for the wedding and then i on top of that i was concerned that i was going to get my daughter sick and that the whole thing was just going to be a train wreck so did you go into like a quarantine and, and lock down in the basement for a while? I really sort of did. I, you know, I, I laid down. I went to work for about half an hour. I was going to take care of a couple of things and I just couldn't make it. I was so sick and I don't usually do this because I kind of feel like if you just lay down and let the cold beat you, it's going to hold you down. So I try to keep moving. I try to take a lot of vitamins, a lot of fluids, a lot of juices and, and just keep moving. But I just couldn't do it. I was zapped of energy. And in fact, I laid down probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock after I got back from work. And I was out for most of the day. It was mid to late afternoon when I got up. I had family coming into town that evening uh, in preparations for the wedding. And I called you. Well, mm-hmm. I, we can't do this. I just, my voice, I can't do it. Ended up putting together a uh, segment show for last week and i introduced a couple of segments and my voice was just horrible and you could probably still tell i've got a little bit of the cold hanging on now got a little bit of the sexy voice this week a little bit of the barry white thing happening uh my my daughter she did catch a little tinge of the cold she had i don't know a little bit of a sore throat but you know the wedding was a beautiful wedding and everything went off i kept preparing my wife and my daughter that the, the, the something's going to go wrong, just flow with it, don't let it ruin your whole day, something's going to go wrong. But I can tell you, from my perspective, and I believe that of my wife and daughter, nothing went wrong. Everything wow. went the way it should. The day was beautiful. The weather was, was just outstanding. The setting, the venue, everything went according to plan. And I even held it together. I got a text that morning. You, you were in the text circle. Uh, the, the the group text, Darren, 
was a picture of me crying at the wedding. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to cry. I'm, I'm a tough guy. Deep down, I'm thinking, no, I, I, this is going to be really hard. And this is one that has been one of the hardest things that I've probably done in my life is trying to get used to the idea of not having my daughter living at home. Mm-hmm. And there was one spot during the ceremony where I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to break down a little bit here. But I looked up and one of the bridesmaids was giggling at something, Lord knows what. And it just <laughs> caused me to giggle in response. So I held it together. It was a beautiful day. I do want to thank you if you prayed that I would feel well enough and that my daughter would not get sick in, uh, as well. I want to thank you for your prayers. Zach, so many things have happened in the sports world since we last met. Of course, we like as we just got done saying, we didn't do the show last week, but the Bills made a ton of trades. And you're the number one Bills fans and really one of the top analysts. And I say this a lot. I know there are people that get paid a heck of a lot more money than you do. I know there's people with a lot more credentials, but there's nobody, I'm convinced nobody, that follows the Bills more closely than you do and really digs down into the minutia of what's going on with the team. So I got to ask you, where are you sitting as a Bills fan looking at your team who I thought you traded away Sammy Watkins? Mm -hmm. I thought, well, all right, you— You've got Anquan Bolden in the mix now. This is going to work out all right. <laughs> that lasted about 10 days. That didn't last very long. So where are you at? Who is he? Who's Tyrod Taylor going to throw the football to? He may have to throw it to himself. Uh, you know, Zay Jones looks good. Um, my biggest concern is that they don't have that guy now that the other team has to game plan for. Not in the passing game. You still have LaShawn McCoy. He's still tremendous despite his age. But you don't have that field-stretching wide receiver that the other team has to game plan for. There's some guys down the depth chart that are capable of that, but they're not guys that you want to trust to be your number one, number two receiver. Jordan Matthews, who they got in the Ronald Darby trade, very good, very dependable wide receiver. Good hands, uh, big enough to go and get it and box out other guys, but he doesn't have the top-end speed. Um, he's better in the slot. Um, the one thing he really had going for him was that he was always on the field. So, of course, he got hurt 15 minutes into his first Bills practice. But um, as a Bills fan, as someone who follows the team, I'm a little bit torn about it because the Bills have needed to do sort of a blow-it-up, tear-down, mini-rebuild for a long time. Um, It just is, is a bummer to me that they're doing it now because I thought they had a lot of good pieces in place that they could have done some adding over the offseason and maybe made a run at a wild card spot, but instead it looks like that's going to have to wait till 2018. I guess the thing that is dis, dis, discouraging to me is you're going into this season with the Bills having a little bit of maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, even in Miami, they had a great season last year. I wouldn't expect them to have as good a season as they had last year, but with Ryan Tannehill, they, they were looking pretty good. Finally, the New England Patriots were going to have some competition. I'm not sure anybody was going to knock them off the top of the division, steal mm-hmm. the division out from under them, but somebody was they were going to get a little more competition maybe this year. And then Tannehill goes down. Mm-hmm. And then the Bills sort of, I don't know what you'd call it, implode between yeah. injuries and, and trades and just, and the Jets are the Jets. Right. Well, you have a, you know, the Jets might be the worst team in football, 
The Dolphins have just brought in Smokin' Jay Cutler to be their quarterback. You legitimately have a chance this season to be the number two team in your in your division, which gives you a realistic shot at a wild card. Your defense is going to be better. Your top picks from last year are finally healthy. You have uh, a coach who looks capable of fixing the defense. If you have Sammy Watkins and Sean McCoy, you drafted help for the offensive line. You could have added a Macklin or a Decker who were available over the offseason and really boosted your targets for Tyrod Taylor. And instead, you've really subtracted from them. And Quan Bolded wanted nothing to do with that once that happened. He pieced out. So really, I feel like it's almost a missed opportunity. Well, again, for me, with with the Patriots, I just it's hard to not think that they have got a deal with the devil or deal with God, <laughs> however you want to look at it. This team ends up – we were talking a couple of weeks ago, you and I, about how silly it was to talk about them going undefeated and winning – defending their title Mm -hmm. you know it's very difficult to go undefeated and i still think that's silly to talk about that but you're thinking that they're going to get some competitive games from the bills from the from the dolphins uh, maybe not so much the jets but it's a divisional game so maybe you will but they could easily go six and oh in this division absolutely this is the way things sit now and i'm not suggesting they will but uh, boy i'll tell you it sure looks like they might, because who's going to Jay Cutler going to lead the Dolphins up against the Patriots? I just I'm not seeing it. Although you know I don't mean to throw shade at, at Jay Cutler. He's a pretty doggone good cornerback. But a week a ago, rocket arm. A week ago, he was retired. You know, like it's I don't know. I don't know. I I'm a Giants fan, as you know, but as a Bills fan, I want to see the Bills do well. But as a Bills fan, I don't know how you guys don't be jump are not jumping off bridges, the, uh, season after season after season. And I always kind of picked on Darren a little bit because he was always to me he was the worst fan ever of of, of a team because he was always expecting the worst. And mm. I thought for many years that's how Red Sox fans were. They would play the season and they were always waiting to fall out of contention. They were always waiting for the worst to happen. Well, they've gotten a taste of winning here since the uh, early 2000s. And now they there's a whole different philosophy among Red Sox fans. They sort of expect to win. Mm-hmm. But Bills fans, I always thought, man, Darren, you're the worst fan ever. But I can kind of see where he's coming from now because it's always something. And I don't want to say Darren's right because my phone will never stop ringing with him saying, see, I told you so. But it just, it's always something. How, how, incur- how do you see the team going? I, what do you, are they going to win four or five football games or maybe not even that? I, I think they're a six and 10 team. <laughs> I, I think they were a six and 10 team mm-hmm. with Anquan Bolden. I think they're a six and 10 team. Without Anquan Bolden, there is talent on the team, especially on the defense. There's a lot of young talent from last year's draft, from the last few drafts, uh, and from the trades that they made. But um, offensively, I just think there's not that playmaker there, you know, for Tyrod Taylor to throw the football to. And I think by week 10, the Bills are going to know that they're out of it, and you're going to see Nathan Peterman be the starting quarterback just to see what he's capable of doing. Well, I guess they got to. You got to trust the process. Mm-hmm. New coach, new philosophy, new strategies. And you know trust what? the process because, as you say, there is a yeah. lot of talent. It's just I'm so shocked that just 
always seems to be something with the Bills, and then you trade the guys away, and then Anquan Bolden just goes and retires. You know what Bills fans are the most excited about every year? It's the NFL draft. Because every year we go into the draft with a chance to do something exciting. And this year, they are so flush with picks at the top of the draft that um, I think the draft this year is going to be more fun than the season. A couple of weeks ago, Zach brought up in one of his shenanigans statements the UCLA quarterback, Josh Rosen. He asked if he was correct when he said football and school don't go together. We got to discuss that for a couple of minutes, but not really expound on that and break it all down as much as we had wanted to. We're going to do that coming up on today's show. We got to some other things over these next 45, 50 minutes or so. I hope you'll stick around. We'll try to encourage you, try to leave you with some thoughts from God's Word as they apply to some of these sports stories. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. We'll be back right after this. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. My name is Kirk Cameron, and uh, together with Warren Barfield, we are putting on an incredible event that is designed to fireproof marriages. Maybe you saw the movie Fireproof. Maybe that resonated in your heart and in the heart of your church and your community. Well, this event, in essence, takes the movie and turns it into a live experience. We want to pull down as many barriers and walls that would separate us from coming together around the gospel for the sake of building up our marriages and our families. If we're concerned about the future of the church, we've got to heal the family, and it's got to be done in a gospel-centered way. That's what Love Worth Fighting For is all about. Feed Your Faith presents the Love Worth Fighting For Marriage Event, Saturday, August 26, 7 p.m. at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. Visit loveworthfightingfor.com. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. 
Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, mixing sports with faith. We welcome you in from wherever it is in the world that you may be listening from. Each week, I like to point out a town or city where our podcast was downloaded in that week and share a few notable details and people who call those places home. This week was a bit of an oddity. Nearly 40%, Zach, of our downloads were of the international variety. And it's nothing unusual, really, for the BTG program to have been downloaded in a few different countries. But I don't think that it's ever been as much as 40% of our total downloads. I mean, we're global megastars, so it's not really a surprise. You know, it it seems silly. And I don't know why. I really don't know why this program has made its way into different countries. But we have regular listeners each week in Tokyo, London, Dublin, as well as a few other places. But Australia is not one of those places that we tend to get a lot of downloads from. I'm not sure that we may have gotten one or two along the way, but last week we had a number from Australia up here in our download stats. However, this week there were a number of listeners coming from the land down under. In fact, they made up 14% of our international podcast downloads, 14%, which is, you know, for you, you got one or two along the way, and then all of a sudden you got a ton coming from a country. I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I don't know the... What makes these statistics churn? Mm-hmm. Does somebody tell somebody? Does it just happen to appear in search engines? I don't know. But if That's you're listening, cool. yeah. good day, mates. Yeah, if you're listening from Australia, we extend a special welcome to you and thank you for downloading the podcast. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Find us on iTunes. Find us on Google Play. Subscribe to the podcast. Have it sent directly to your device each week. And you know, I should be careful. Not to overlook our own hometown here of Rochester, New York, where we have a number of faithful listeners, both via podcast download and on 105.5 The Team, soon to be 97.5 The Team. We hadn't mentioned it, but I went to a Red Wings game recently and saw an announcement in their program when you and I were at the game together. I saw the announcement in the program, so I guess it's okay to talk about it. So to all our listeners, thank you so much for the support of the program. Rochester's a home of the White Hot, Schweigel's White Hot made with pork. you like the White Hot, Zach, or the Red Hot? Do you have a preference? I'll eat them both, but I really like the White Hots. Now, a number of people, when they eat the White Hots, they, they like them well-charred on the outside. Yourself? No, I like them starting to brown. I My wife likes them burnt. I, I can't do it. I want to taste the hot dog, not the burn marks good friend of mine who used to play professional baseball tells me that when he was in the minor leagues, he used to look forward to road trips into Rochester because there were so many so many great places to eat. And frankly, I'd have to agree with him on that. There are so many good places to eat in this town. Another Rochester original being that of the garbage plate. Heck yeah. I took my nephews out while they were here spending the week with me after the wedding. We went out and got garbage plates and my younger nephews, one's nine, one's 11, they weren't quite sure what to make of it. But my 17-year-old nephew, he really, he got into that. And that's the that's the, that's when you really start yeah. digging a garbage plate, right? He's old enough to really appreciate some carbohydrates. 
Do you have a favorite place in town that you like to get your Nick Tahoe's is the original? Right. And they're good. Um, I go to Jimmy Z's because that was probably the first place I ever had one, and I really, really like them. Um, there's a Wimpy's Burger Basket that opened pretty close to us here in this neck of the woods that's good and also very close, so I end up going there a lot. I go to the Wimpy's a lot. They have I like mine with baked beans and French fries. The, I guess, what is the number one way? The mac salad and the yeah. home fries? Is that the Yeah, if you're not from around here, if you've never been to here and you're like, what the heck is a garbage plate? It's basically the most delicious of the food groups piled together in a styrofoam <laughs> container. you got some form of potato, like a french fry or a home fry. you got a pile of those. you got a pile, usually, of mac salad. And that's the bed. And then on top of that, you'll have a couple burgers or a couple dogs with a hot meat sauce poured all over the top of it with some onions and stuff. It's amazing. I went to Wimpy's last night and I got the the baked beans, which are usually served cold. Wimpy serves theirs warm. I got it with French fries. I got the cheeseburger plate, of course, all the hot sauces, hot as much as you can put on. Oh, yeah. And I asked them to set a Guinness record for the amount of raw onion that they put on it. I love a ton of raw onion on the garbage plate, and of course, everybody has a their version of refuse plate, a mm-hmm. Wimpy's plate, a, a you know Tahoe's has the trademark for the garbage plate, but that's a Rochester original. Uh, the stock market downtown. I don't know if you've ever been there. I haven't. They have a terrific meat sauce. Really good. We're gonna we're gonna get hungry sitting here talking about this. So let's do some shenanigans, Zach. By the way, wherever you're listening from, whether it be here in our town in Rochester or whether it be Australia, wherever you're listening, thanks for your support, Zach. Give us your first shenanigan statement for this week. All right, number one, truth or shenanigans, we're witnessing the best season of Aaron Judge's career. So far? The best season he'll ever have is what I'm saying, that he'll never be able to top what he's done this year. What do you think? That's a good question. I, I got to say no, that we're not, although he's putting out tremendous numbers, and he has the advantage right now of, or he did the first half of the season, they weren't really... They hadn't adjusted to him yet, but obviously here in the second half they have, as his numbers are just plummeting. Still the powerful home runs, uh, mm-hmm. skyrocket home runs. But I think at some point he's going to figure it out. I think Joe Girardi did him a big favor by getting him out of the game recently when they were playing Detroit, and, and he, had, he had three or four walks and – how was he? Three or four, whatever it was. He hadn't, he had he hadn't struck single, out yet. Yeah. Maybe a single, three or four walks, and they got him out of the game before he had a chance to add to that major league record of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Once he gets that figured out and makes a couple adjustments, because that's really what professional sports is. Mm-hmm. I'm adjusting to you. You're readjusting to me, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's how they get that figured out. When he gets that adjusted, because the talent is just amazing, and the yeah. power, the raw power is – it's just easy power. He makes it look so easy. Yeah, he he really does. So, no, I'm going to say shenanigans that we're not seeing the best season that we'll ever see out of Aaron Judge. Uh, I agree with you. I, I say shenanigans on the statement. I think we might be seeing the best first half of his career because his first half was just – it was just stupid good. But, you know, he looks to me right now like he's fighting an injury. You know, he doesn't have the power to the opposite field that we've seen in the first half. You see him after the game with ice on his shoulder. He's had some cortisone injections in it. So I, I think he's fighting through an injury. But even if his first, he has a season where his first half is not as amazing as it was this year, even if he's a little less amazing in the first half, but he's more um, 
more even throughout the full season where you don't have the high in the beginning and the low at the end, I think he could put up better numbers, overall numbers, than he will this year. And people forget he's only, what, 25 years old? He's got a long career ahead of him. He's got He's not even into his prime years yet. I think we will see better seasons from Aaron Judge. Which is phenomenal to think about. Think of where right. the numbers he has with still a month to go into the season, the numbers that he's putting up mm-hmm. in his rookie season, and to say, well, we're going to see even greater numbers. That's Yeah, he's been tremendous. Number two, the Yankees team MVP this season has been Ronald Torres. What are your thoughts? You know, I'd really have to consider it. Because as good as Judge has been, as good as you know Gary Sanchez has been, this is a guy that you do not want to be a starter on your team. You know, he's first of all, he's the size of a half gallon of milk. He's you know, he he's he was on like three different four different teams last offseason where teams claimed him and dropped him and the Yankees claimed him, dropped up dropped him, ended up claiming him back again. He was pretty solid. This is a guy that's already had two hundred and seventy four at bats and he's hitting two eighty eight. You know, from the last guy on your bench, you know, he's he was the starting shortstop for a month when Didi Gregorius was out. He's been the starting second baseman for about a month with Starlin Castro out. Losing your starting shortstop for a month and your starting second baseman for a month, that should be enough to sink your team. But he's been, I think, better than anyone could have hoped. And, uh, you know, he's just been way better than anyone would have ever thought. I agree with everything you said except for I'd have to consider him for MVP of the team. There's no, the numbers that judges put up, and no, he's Torres has got some key hits and some critical situations. He's been great, everything you'd ask for, more than anything you'd ask for. But there's no way he can be MVP of this team, not with the numbers that judges put up, and not even with the numbers Sanchez as as he's come alive here the second half of the season since returning from injury. Had a bunch of home runs this week, ton of them. So, no, I don't think Torres, I say shenanigans, he cannot be considered for MVP this season for the Yankees, not the team MVP. All right, truth or shenanigans, Pablo Sandoval will be a contributor for the San Francisco Giants for the rest of the year. True. Absolutely. I agree. He's comfortable. Why not? He's in a good spot for him. He needed a change. It didn't work out there in Boston. He's happy. He's content. The Giants are happy. Why not? I agree. Yeah. Um, as bad as he was at Boston, he's been pretty good since the Giants got him back. You know, they're not giving him a ton of money. He's not on a big pressure contract anymore. He's in a place where he knows the fans like him, where he's had success. What a before. relief it's got to be for him. It, that, that feeling of relief yeah. has just got to be, let me just go out and play baseball and enjoy myself. And, and look at the lineup around him. He's one of the best players they have. Yeah. Uh, I agree. He's he, he will be a contributor. All right, the NCAA has ruled that catchers in the SEC can wear headset communication in their helmets like quarterbacks do in football. Truth or shenanigans, Major League Baseball should follow suit. I don't see why not. What difference does it make? Yeah, I think they will. Uh, I agree. I think they will. But they will because Major League Baseball is so invested in shortening games that if they can have communication from the dugout to the catcher, wirelessly like that they'll do it they may end up putting them in all everybody's hats who knows well gary sanchez you mentioned him earlier for the yankees he goes out more than any catcher i've ever seen going out to the mound talking to his pitchers Uh, if he can do that through the helmet that'd be great i i don't see what difference does it really make 
So yeah, I th- I th- think they will, but but I also think they should. Why not? Truth or shenanigans? Penny Hardaway is correct in saying that Kawhi Leonard is not a superstar. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I don't have a lot of thoughts because I probably follow basketball the least of any of us on this show. But you know, I hear his name a lot in the playoffs, and I know that <coughs> he may not be the flashiest offensively, but defensively, I think he's very important. And I think without him, that team doesn't get to where they've been. So. I'm going to say that he is a superstar. Yeah, I would agree with you and not with Penny Hardaway, although I, I get the context that he's saying. Kawhi Leonard, he's a he's a quiet player. He goes out and does his thing. Not everybody that is a superstar, and this is where I would disagree with Hardaway, needs to be that loud leader, that guy that he he's a superstar based on his ability. The guy puts up great. He's a great player. He may not be your locker room leader that you would like, but in San Antonio, they they don't need him to be that. Mm-hmm. I I disagree with Penny Hardaway. Uh, no shenanigans. He's not correct in saying that Kawhi Leonard is not a superstar because he certainly is. His abilities are among the best in the league. Let's switch gears and talk a little football. Truth or shenanigans, Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension will be reduced after his appeal. Yeah, I, I would agree. It will be. Isn't that the way these things go? You make a any negotiation, you offer your price, they offer their counter offer, and you settle somewhere in the middle. And I just think that's the way these things go. Now, the thing that might make this a little different is that the league has – set forth a minimum number of suspension. Now, I think it I think it'll end up a lower number. I'm glad that you said that because I actually disagree with you. Uh I think it will stay at the 6 games because the thing that really stood out to me is the league right after they announced it, they also let it be out there in the media that they also could charge him with some other stuff in the more recent incidents that they're investigating. So it was almost like a warning like we got you for this stuff. We also got other stuff we could come after you for if we wanted to. So I, that seemed almost like a veiled threat to me that, you know. But isn't look, that the same game they played and, with Tom Brady? Yeah, they did. All right, we'll see. Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills are tanking their 2017 season. Well, I think you'll never have a team officially say, yes, we're tanking. But, yeah, for the I, I usually will – say against these things when you when you talk about a team tanking i don't think a professional athlete a professional organization ever truly tanks you know that's what makes you a professional but in this case i think yeah they are why would you trade away what you've traded away and and i'm not i'm not i wasn't necessarily against the trade but nah i just i don't know yeah and i was you know, I, I heard the remarks. I heard the remarks that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean made the day that the trades were made, and they said, "Look, we're not tanking because look, we added Anquan Bolden. Is that a move that a tanking team would yeah. make?" Well, look, Anquan I like Bolden, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, but he's not Sammy Watkins, and Anquan Bolden is thirty six. Well, he's on the field. That's the thing That's that you true. get with Jordan Matthews, and I like that. Except he's not. Well, except he's not, because now he's wearing <laughs> yeah. a Buffalo jersey. But Bolden was like thirty six, thirty seven years old. He was going to be your third receiver at best. That's not a like a you know if you're a Super Bowl contender you're not like we got to get Anquan Bolden that's our missing piece. Oh yeah, let's you be know? real. He wasn't going to make the difference of whether the Bills got in the Super Bowl or not. The fact that he's retired, 
Ah, gee, in, in the absence of Sammy Watkins, that would have been a nice player to have, that veteran leadership. It's not somebody that you were counting on for leading your team in receptions. Right. That's not who he was going to be. He was a nice addition. He was a nice piece. Without him, all right, you know, you still have what you have, which isn't a whole lot, though. Yeah, and I think trading your your star-wide receiver that you gave up so much to get for a lesser player and a draft pick, that's not what a team that's trying to win does. Here's you know? here's the difference for me. I like Jordan Matthews. I like the idea that he's on the field, and that's where I'll, I'll defend the trade. But the Bills fans were, they were about Sammy Watkins. You saw Watkins' jerseys. He was, in the minds of many Bills fans, he was the face of the franchise as much as was Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. So when the Bills traded him away, and again, trust the process. We talked about it at the top of the show. Maybe that's what needs to happen here. You just said it kind of seemed like they were saying, look, we're giving up on this year and we're starting mm-hmm. over because we are trading away the face of our franchise. Maybe you got a better receiver in exchange, again, because he's on the field. Mm-hmm. The talent, I don't think, is the same. Right. But the talent's no good if you're not on the field. I think we've made that point. But I think when you trade away your franchise player, your your face, your fan favorite, you're saying, look, we're we're retooling here. And I think they are. I think, yeah, absolutely. The 2017 season is not what they're counting on. And, they, and if, who can blame them, really? When you look around and you say, this is our roster, we're not winning a Super Bowl, we need a longer plan. I can't blame them for that. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about Josh Rosen. And we'll revisit that from a couple of weeks ago. Football and school, do they go together? You're listening to Benson and Barletta on the Beyond the Game program. Here's the Red Hawks report for August 26, 2017. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. It's almost here. Only a few more days to the start of the fall athletic season. A soccer doubleheader coming up on Thursday, August 31st. The Red Hawks women taking on Lemoyne College at 5 p.m., followed by the men hosting Lake Erie College at 7.30. That's August 31st. Also, August 31st is the debut of the ECC Network, and you can get the Over the Top app uh, for Amazon Fire, Android TV, Apple TV, and Roku devices. The ECC Network, official digital streaming network of the ECC and all of its 10 member schools, they will kick that off on August 31st. And the men's and women's cross-country team for Roberts Wesleyan College has been ranked first in the preseason coaches poll, getting off to a good start, pretty much picking up where they left off last year. Sophomore Josiah Adelini named the ECC preseason runner of the year. He had a terrific rookie year last year as a freshman, earning himself a spot for this season, starting out as the ECC preseason runner of the year. And you can get all the news as it pertains to Roberts Wesleyan Athletics at their new website, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll find scores, highlights, and more. Once again, that's robertsredhawks.com. And that's going to do it for the Red Hawks Report for this week, August 26, 2017. The Red Hawks Report is, as always, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. And follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks Report, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College.
Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. My name is Kirk Cameron, and uh, together with Warren Barfield, we are putting on an incredible event that is designed to fireproof marriages. Maybe you saw the movie Fireproof. Maybe that resonated in your heart and in the heart of your church and your community. Well, this event, in essence, takes the movie and turns it into a live experience. We want to pull down as many barriers and walls that would separate us from coming together around the gospel for the sake of building up our marriages and our families. If we're concerned about the future of the church, we've got to heal the family, and it's got to be done in a gospel-centered way. That's what Love Worth Fighting For is all about. Feed Your Faith presents the Love Worth Fighting For Marriage Event, Saturday, August 26, 7 p.m. at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. Visit loveworthfightingfor.com. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta, the Beyond the Game program. Recorded in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. It was uh, a few weeks ago, I guess now, during Zach's shenanigans statements. He made the statement that UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen was correct when he said football and school don't go together. But we didn't get the chance to spend as much time on the topic as we would have liked discussing it briefly as is the intention of the segment that we do shenanigans so we can go through a number of topics in a short period of time suffice to say though zach and i both agreed with the statement one of the points i made is that i think it's very difficult for some though certainly not all but for some players it's difficult to excel at both school and sports especially in the current college football environment so much money involved on each game The game is complex. Victories are so important. In the specific case of Josh Rosen, he plays quarterback at UCLA, a premier college football program, a team in Los Angeles that gets as much attention as any professional team in that area does. This kid plays under all kinds of pressure that only a handful of other players at any other program might relate to. There's a handful of programs that are that I would say that the quarterback of UCLA gets as much attention as. I mean, this is what I guess what I'm trying to say is this is a premier spot. This yeah. kid is under a microscope. He knows what he's talking about. 
Now, before people overload my inbox with messages, I know, I know there's only a handful of players that make it in the NFL. I see the commercial that the NCAA runs, which talks about how most college athletes don't, that they go pro in fields other than sports. I acknowledge the wisdom for a young man or a young woman to take their studies seriously and get their degree because there is no guarantee in professional sports. I get all that. We could easily list a number of great college athletes who were busts at the professional level. We could also list a number of college athletes who suffered injuries, which denied them the opportunity of a career in professional sports. I recognize the importance of having a plan that does not involve playing sports professionally, but let's be real. For an elite athlete such as Josh Rosen, those would only be backup plans because barring some unfortunate circumstance, he is planning on playing in the NFL. That's the career he is preparing for. This is not a discussion of whether or not school is important. Of course it is. Or if an athlete should be accountable for their studies, of course they should. Mm -hmm. It's a discussion that Rosen is exactly right, that balancing both academics and athletics can be extremely difficult, especially at the highest level of college sports. So is it fair? I'm not asking if it's wisdom. I'm asking if it's fair to ask a young person to study and keep adequate grade, grades in a course of study which they have no intention of pursuing as a career. Does Josh Rosen need to keep a grade in whatever he's minoring in? Because let's be real, he's majoring in football. Mm-hmm. Is football, though, so important that grades don't really matter? You'd have to be living under a rock not to realize that for some people in some situations, that's how it is. Football is what matters. If the student actually learns anything in the classroom, well, that's insignificant whether or not they do. That on occasion, grades are falsified. On occasion, there is cheating that takes place to keep a kid on the field. Those things aren't right. But if that player is not someone who excels or even enjoys school and is not going to end up using a college education, why should he be required to keep the grades so that he may, uh, just so that he can play a sport? That's what he wants to do. Why can't they go to college for football? Why can't he go to college for basketball, for whatever? Why can't they major in sports? Study the ins and outs and have your tests and grades be based on your knowledge and excellence in that sport. Minor in something else, you know, if you so desire. Because, again, we all know that what is actually happening in some situations is that they are preparing for a professional sports career. Nothing else matters to them. There's no minor league in football. College football is, in essence, the minor league system for the NFL. And unlike the NBA, you can't, you can't declare for the draft right out of high school. So should that be changed so that a high school kid could jump right to the NFL? You know, I would say, of course not. There are rare exceptions and perhaps no actual case where I think a high school graduate is ready, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, whatever, ready for the NFL. Now, while we might argue that the NFL should have some sort of development system to accommodate kids who are just really wasting their time in a classroom because the student part of student-athlete is really just a facade, the NFL is not going to invest in a development system when college football is already that very thing. Why would they do that? They're not going to. Not everybody 
needs to go to college in life. In fact, given the cost and the burden of student loans, it's probably good for some not to go to some expensive university. Perhaps a career school, you know, a trade school, maybe a community school. Maybe those are better fits. Not everybody needs to go to Harvard. Not everybody needs to go to a major university. I remember as a kid, I went, I went to school with a kid who dropped out as soon as it was legally able for him to do so. Maybe he was 16 at the time. Maybe it was 15 with a parent's approval. I, I don't really recall, and it doesn't matter all that much. His parents owned a junkyard, and they were actually doing a very nice living off this junkyard. I remember his dad being a stock car driver on Friday nights. We had a small sort of amateur dirt track there and motorcycle track back home, and there was some prize money that was won every week, though I don't remember how significant that was. My stepdad actually drove sometimes, filling in for a cousin of his. Anyway, this kid was not, he, he was never a good student. He never cared about that. He wasn't interested in being one. He was going to father, follow in his father's footsteps of being, of running a junkyard. That was going to be his business. And school was not going to help him in that. In his opinion, I drove by the old boy's yard recently when I was down home. He was still in business. The house in front was well kept. Looks like he's doing pretty well, all without the benefit of a college education. Many people do well in life with a high school education or or less. Now, I'm certainly not advocating for student athletes who disregard the student side. What I'm saying is that there is some truth to what Rosen is saying But while not everyone is in that situation where football and school don't go together, certainly some are. Wouldn't you Mm -hmm. agree? Oh, yeah, especially the athletes. College is not for everyone. Young people should make decisions according to their specific and unique situation. But there are just a few more thoughts about Rosen's comments before we we head for a break. He said he enjoyed school, but basically because of his football commitments, he was unable to take some classes because they weren't offered at times that were workable for him. Well, that can be due to anything, not just football. Mm -hmm. You know, there are kids who work. There are kids who are in different classes who can't take a class because of their schedule. That happens to a lot of people. Now, I agree that college football for some is it's just a means to an end. It's what you do if you want to be a professional football player. Rosen said this, they're here because this is the path to the NFL. There's no other way. Then there's the other side that says raise the SAT eligibility requirements. Okay, raise the SAT requirements at Alabama and see what kind of team they have. You lose athletes, and then the product on the field suffers. Now, of course, Alabama fans took offense because they interpreted that as him saying that Alabama football players aren't as smart as other schools. That's not at all what he was saying, though their thinking that would probably almost prove that he was right if that indeed were what he was saying. <laughs> what he was saying is that at, at the top of any football program, take any top football program in the country, if you raise the SAT requirements there or anywhere else, the football side of things, it, it wouldn't be as good. It's just logical. If you force students to focus more on studies, then that takes away from the time they can focus on football. The time conflict, it's not an uncommon difficulty for college students. If they work too many hours at a job, their grades suffer. If they focus too much time on a guy or gal, their grades suffer. If they focus too much time on a sport, 
Their grades suffer, and the reverse is true for all those scenarios. The longer I live and the more I learn, the more I realize that balance is so important. Doing well in football is obviously important for a football player, but so is that player's relationship with their family and, of course, with God. There's always a debate in Christian circles of how much of worldly things is too much. And then there are those who reject the world, everything the world has to offer. And while that may be safe, while that may be safe, it seems a bit unnecessarily extreme to reject everything the world has to offer. I like to watch my television. But if I watch too much or if I watch inappropriate stuff, then my life is out of balance and it begins to have influence on me. Other areas of my life are compromised. You can make the same application for almost anything. Music, movies, sports, alcohol, the list goes on. The most important thing in our lives is our relationship with God. Anything which interferes with a healthy walk with him needs to be brought under control, into balance, or perhaps eliminated. Here's the simple truth. You can't hear God when your mind is occupied with other things, whether it's activities, work, worries, future plans. Maybe your cell phone so consumes you that even in church or when doing your Bible study, you allow yourself to be interrupted in order to answer a text or an email. Distractions such as these are exactly what Jesus was referring to in Luke chapter 8 when he told the parable of the sower. He spoke of some seeds which fell into the weeds. The weeds grew up around the seed and overtook it, strangling it to death. Luke 8.14 says, And that which fell among the thorns are they, which, when they have had heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to perfection. When they hear the word of God, though they may agree, they allow the busyness of their lives to take priority. There's no reflection, there's no contemplation, there's no application just sort of drowns out his voice, and so they never seem to grow spiritually. Their faith never seems to get any stronger. People sometimes think that because they are busy, they're being productive. But those are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite preachers, you know him, Zach, Dr. Charles Keene, he compares such, of the, such people to those children's toys you put on the back of the front seat of the car, You know, they have a steering wheel, a horn, lots of levers, buttons and stuff to play (laughs) with. And though the children are pretty busy, they aren't really accomplishing all that much. You know, they're they're keeping Mm. them busy, but you're not accomplishing. And (laughs) and he says many churches are this way. We're busy, but we're not accomplishing much. In his book called It, Craig Groeschel says many churches are busy moving papers around their desk, but not really having much impact on the lives of people. And sometimes we get in these things that we're just busy keeping busy and we're we're losing focus on the things that matter. Rick Warren says there are three types of weeds that will keep you from hearing God's voice, one of which is worries. The Greek word gives the indication of being pulled in different directions. And when you're pulled in different directions, you you get worried. When you're worried, You don't hear God. You're too busy focusing on the situation. I need to do this. Should I do that? Or should I do this? What should I do? Another thing is riches. And we can be so busy making a living, trying to make money, to pay bills, to get out of debt, that we don't hear God. We're just focused on our money. 
the last thing Rick, uh, Rick Warren says is pleasures. God gives you pleasures. They're a good thing, but you can get so busy pursuing pleasures that you forget to pursue God as well. We get comfortable. We get wrapped up in being comfortable. First Kings 19.12 says that when God spoke to Elijah, it wasn't through a mighty wind or through an earthquake or even through a fire as he did speaking to Moses. It was through a still, small voice, the type of thing that you have to be listening for in order to hear it. Is there something in your life choking out God's words? Perhaps it's time to slow down. Maybe take a few minutes. Listen to what God has to say. Ponder what you just read in his word. He speaks through his word. When was the last time you read the Bible and spent a quiet portion of the day with him? Here's the thing. And and if you have a garden, you know this already. It takes absolutely no effort to grow weeds. Weeds just come naturally. They come when you neglect to care for your garden. So just if you just stop caring for your spiritual growth, the same thing is going to happen. You need to spend time with God. There will be distractions in life which keep you from focusing on the things which are important. We need to make sure we cultivate our gardens. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. My pastor said recently, it's easy. It's easy to settle for good instead of the best. And oftentimes we do that. Oftentimes we settle for things that keep us content, keep us comfortable, keep us busy, keep us occupied, but they don't necessarily help us grow. Those are the things that we need to pursue, the things that are going to help us grow spiritually. If you have something that you'd like to share with us, we'd be interested in your thoughts. Tweet us at BTG Program, at BTG Program, or send us an email, hosts at btgprogram.com. With Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. My name is Kurt Cameron, and uh, together with Warren Barfield, we are putting on an incredible event that is designed to fireproof marriages. Maybe you saw the movie Fireproof. Maybe that resonated in your heart and in the heart of your church and your community. Well, this event, in essence, takes the movie and turns it into a live experience. We want to pull down as many barriers and walls that would separate us from coming together around the gospel for the sake of building up our marriages and our families. If we're concerned about the future of the church, we've got to heal the family, and it's got to be done in a gospel-centered way. That's what Love Worth Fighting For is all about. Feed Your Faith presents the Love Worth Fighting For Marriage Event, Saturday, August 26, 7 p.m. at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. Visit loveworthfightingfor.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view.
Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. Joining me, of course, is Zach Barletta. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. It was good for me. What I liked this week was the Little League World Series Classic between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not so much the game, not so much the event there in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, but the fact that after the game, just like they do in Little League, the two hand, the two sides shook hands after the game. Mm-hmm. And I love that display of sportsmanship. Kind of brief, kind of quick. What I liked this week was the handshakes after the you Little like League that? World Series Classic. Like yeah, I didn't see the game, but I did see clips of that afterwards. I thought it was cool. You know, I like that. I, I love that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, yeah. I don't think it should be something that should be incorporated into every game. Right. Because then it becomes to be very insincere. Mm-hmm. I know a guy who, who every time he gets off the phone, he tells whoever it is he's talking to, his family, his mom, his dad, his brother, sister, whatever, I love you. And I get the sentiment. I'm not picking on him. Everybody does their own thing. I'm not saying anything about that. But it just seems insincere. You know, oh, all right, thanks for calling. I love you. Bye. Well, man, it just, you almost want to mean it. When you say it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a proponent of saying we they should shake hands after every game. But maybe at the end of a series. <clears throat> excuse me. You got a three-game series, four-game series. At the end of it, maybe they should shake hands. It's a great yeah. display of sportsmanship. And I know there are some personalities that might be best if they were kept separate. <laughs> but it might be good for them to humble themselves and to shake the hand of the opponent that they just played on the field of competition. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. What I liked this week was actually from last week, but we didn't do a live show last week, so I kept it for this week, and that was Colorado Rockies pitcher Chad Bettis came back, made his first start after undergoing treatment all year for testicular cancer, and goes out and throws seven shutout innings in his first game back. I was impressed by that. Um, Showed a lot of fortitude by him. Uh, It's always a great story when someone comes back from cancer to do what they love to do, so Chad Bettis' first start back was what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? That was great to see. And I know uh, nobody, of course, is saying anything negative about that. But I don't think that enough positive has been said about that. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot has been said. This has been the Beyond the Game program. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Let us hear from you. You can stop by our website, btgprogram.com. You can send us an email, hosts at btgprogram. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week, right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.